Yowie wowie. That's one way to describe the show. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, riding solo today, ready to give you my reaction to AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling's co-promoted show, Forbidden Door. Thank you all for listening once again. If you haven't already, make sure to check out our last episode of the show with me and J.O., where we talk about the five wrestlers who we'd want to back us up in a fight. If we ever got in a fight, who we'd want to back us up. If we got into a little brouhaha. And uh, without further ado, let's not waste any time. Let's get into this. Last night, about 24 hours ago, at the United Center, AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling's first ever co-promoted show, Forbidden Door, took place. And boy, boy, there was a lot of injuries coming into this. There was a lot of changes made, last minute sicknesses, injuries, all the all the stuff. Where AEW and New Japan kind of just could have been like, uh, whatever, just kind of rested on their laurels and been like, uh, well, we're just going to do the show and try to make mo- as much money as possible and not give the fans what they want. But no, no, they put out a great effort Nine matches on the main card, four of which on the buy-in. Four of them on the buy-in. On the buy-in, I mean, goodness gracious. Four of them on the buy-in. Honestly, full disclosure, I didn't watch the buy-in. I had already watched three hours plus of wrestling earlier that day, which will be our next episode of the show. TNA Slammiversary 2006 review with me and Jay. I'll make sure to check that out when it drops which will be dropping shortly after this episode drops or approximately the same time as this one. But let's get into it. Nine matches on the main card. That's what we'll be covering today, giving my reaction to this show. First match of which, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki, the Murder Grandpa, versus Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, Umino, and Wheeler Yuta. This is for the advantage in Blood and Guts, which is happening this week on Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. And uh, they did a nice little storytelling piece at the beginning of this match because they showed a video package. So it was Jericho's match with Kenny Omega at um, Wrestle Kingdom back in 2018, if I'm correct. Uh, Umino was a young boy who got attacked by Jericho during his match, which I like that storytelling aspect. Wish they would have done that a little bit more on TV to just give a little bit more of a backstory beforehand. But nonetheless, great match, great opener, great way to kick off the show. Some highlights, uh, Yuta Germaning, Germaning, is that a word even? I just made it up. Germaning Jericho many times in the early stages. I gotta say this, Suzuki and Kingston's face-off at the beginning was freaking awesome. That was badassery all around. There, it was the chop fest. Kingston's already just takes the strap down, straps down, and he's just like, "Let's go, let's go!" Absolutely fantastic. Crowd pops huge for that. Suzuki was Suzuki's song is so over in arenas, it's ridiculous. Everyone was singing Kazi Ni Nare, Kazi Kaze Ni Nare, Kaz Kash Kaze Ni Nare. Okay, yeah, there we go. Good, I got it now. I got it now. All right, don't butcher me, internet. Don't uh, don't uh, 
Don't go after me, please. But uh, Sammy shooting Sarah Press was also a highlight to the outside. That was freaking awesome. I've been, not been a big fan of it. Uh, Sammy Guevara recently. Just because of the relationship being exploited on TV. It's getting it's getting crowds to react, so that's a good thing. That's that's a, that's certainly a uh, a good thing. But uh, I just love this six man tag to open things up. Uh, Jericho pins um, Umino after the Judas effect, and uh, good opener, fun, hella fun. As I that's what I took in my wrote down in my notes. And then we get the next match, which is the winner take all tag team match. For the IWGP Heavyweight Cha- Heavyweight Tag Team Championships and the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, so it's the Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb defending their IWGP Heavyweight Tag Championships against Rapongi Vice, Rocky Romero, and Trent Beretta, and the ROH Tag Team Champions and FTR Dax and Cash. And uh, a little bit early on, I was a little nervous as I was like, okay. Is, I thought Dax was actually legit hurt because if you know FTR's history, they have a bit of a history with the injury bug, unfortunately. But uh, Dax heads to the locker room early on with a shoulder injury. It took me out of the match for a while. Great Ocon at one point sits on uh, Cash's head for what seemed like forever, and it was on the it was on the turnbuckle cam, which was absolutely hilarious. But uh, Kevin Kelly on commentary, Dax. He was announcing Dax dislocated his shoulder, but moments later, he's back. He's back. Dax is in the back in the match, which got a huge uh, pop for that. Uh, I gotta say, I gotta give this, gotta commend uh, the commentary team early on. I love the trio of uh, Kevin Kelly, Excalibur, and Taz. Great pick for the uh, early portions of the show. I wish they would have just done the whole show by themselves because I think they could have done it as well. They brought in some other commentators during the match, including into the uh, uh, into the booth, including uh, Caprice Coleman, uh, Jim Ross, and Tony Schiavone at certain points. And maybe, I think maybe Caprice was involved in this tag match. But uh, anyway, Dax returns. Dax actually hits multiple Germans to Jeff Cobb, which is quite impressive because Je- if you know Jeff Cobb, he is not a small man. He is a big, big man. FTR gets some uh, big chance during this. There was a one point where there was a botch, and the crowd let uh, referee Paul Turner know about it, where he looked like he screwed up a three count for Rocky Romero. It was all made up for at the end for a, a huge pop when FTR hit the big rig and won the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships and retaining the ROH Tag Titles. This was still a good match. Not my favorite of the night, for sure, but FTR is on a roll beyond... They're, they're on a roll just to, that's unparalleled right now in tag team wrestling. They're holding the AAA Tag Team Championships as well as the Ring of Honor cha- Tag Championships and also now the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. They're seven-star FTR. And uh, that was a good moment for them. And uh, hopefully this sets up, for, sets up the... Uh, Sets up the rematch against the Young Bucks because that first one was for sure a classic and this one will definitely be a classic once again. Up next, we had the four-way match. Clark Connors versus Pac versus Miro versus Malachi Black. Connors replacing uh, Tomohiro Ishii 
think he had an injury coming into this match, if I remember correctly. This is for the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Champion. It's to crown the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Champion. And I thought Miro got a really good pop here. Some people said otherwise. I thought he got a pretty good pop here, but... Miro dominated a large portion of this match. He looked like an absolute beast. A beast. I came into this match wanting Pac or Miro to win, and uh, I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't disappointed with the result. I loved this, actually loved the storytelling piece they did with Clark Connors here because Miro's just wrecking him at every turn. Every time Connors goes after him, he gets wrecked. He gets wrecked. But then at the end, not the end, but at a certain point, Clark Connors gets a little bit of a little bit of revenge on Miro by uh, spearing him through a table on the outside, which he he got a big reaction to that, as well as the he was uh, had a sequence where he absolutely went off, and the crowd I think started crowd did start chanting his name by the end of it. He was a relative unknown to most uh, American viewers, uh, most viewers of this pay per view, I would say, and uh, he got a good reaction by the end of it. He kind of made himself he built a profile for himself a little bit more after this match. Uh, at the end, it was the miss of the eyes to Miro as he had the game over locked in. And then Armbar was locked in on Connors by Black. And then packs up top, hits the Black Arrow, locks in the Brutalizer on Connors. No choice but to tap. This was long overdue for Pack because he was one of the initial AEW signings back in 2019. Pandemic affected him in 2022, 2020 through 2021. Couldn't travel as much, but I, it was so nice to see him get a moment finally, get a moment finally, because he has been so good, one of the unsung heroes of the AEW roster, he always delivers when he needs to, it was a really good moment for him, happy he won the title, I don't like the title being added, but if it's going to be used for this purpose, yes, let's do it, I, I, I was not a huge fan of the title in the first place, but if it's going to be used on guys that don't get a shine as they should. I'm all for it. Uh, Pac wins the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. And a uh, fun match. Long overdue for Pac. Congrats to him. Up next was the six-man tag. This may have been my favorite match of the night, to be honest. Dudes with Attitudes, Darby Allin, Shingo Takagi, the former IWGP heavyweight champion, and Sting taking on the Young Bucks and El Fantasmo with Hikaleo in their corner. So Sting didn't initially show up when his entrance music played. And so they brought the Bucks out along with El Fantasmo and Hikaleo. And then the lights went out. They showed up to the rafters of the United Center. Oh, there's Sting. Lights go off. Lights come back on. And Sting dives off one of the entrance uh, ramps, the top of one of the entrance ramps. If you know, they got the two entrance ramps. Sting dives off the babyface one onto all onto everybody, which was insane. This dude's 63 years old, mind you. 63 years old. Just think about that. And he's still doing this wild, crazy crap. He is a crazy old man. Gosh, I love Sting. I love Sting. But then there was some indie-rific stuff going on with the back rakes by Phantasmo and Matt Jackson. I didn't like that part, but... It was okay. My favorite moment of the match, though. My favorite moment of the match. It had me grinning ear to ear like a little kid. Sting no-selling the super kick. I popped in my uh, my room watching that. 
it, it, it was just fantastic. It was fantastic. Had me grinning ear to ear. Made me feel like a kid again. Favorite moment of the match. Hit a double scorpion death drop to the Bucks as well. Did Sting. Phantasmo was good in this match. I gotta give Phantasmo credit. El Phantasmo. He was great. He was great. He was a comedic relief to this match. I never would have told... If you would have told me Sting would be in a titty twister in a match, I would have called you crazy. That was not on my 2022 list of things that were going to happen. Sting giving a titty twister to somebody in a match. Because Phantasmo tried to do that to Sting. Sting returned the favor. Great storytelling. Uh, Shingo gets the pin after the last of the dragon on Phantasmo. I like that the dudes with attitudes went over. It was, this one was, I was kind of curious on who's going to take the pin. I was thinking it was either be Takagi or Phantasmo or Darby. I don't know who, but I didn't think, I was hoping that dudes with attitudes wouldn't lose, but they didn't. And, uh, Sting and Phantasmo were my show stealers in that match for sure. Probably one of my favorite matches of the night. Then we get Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's World Championship. I thought this was a pretty solid match up until late. Something just fell off. Good match, though. It was a good match, though, up until that point. And there's a couple finishes in this on this show that were kind of odd, but Thunder Rosa wins after using Dustin's finish, the final reckoning. Uh, it, it was okay. She's playing off of Dustin's getting trained by, not trained, but her mentor being Dustin Rhodes. Not so sure about it, but I got I get it. Uh, I don't know if Tony's... I don't, think Tony was injured, but I don't know. The finish just seemed kind of off for me. Just fans were like, what? What happened? But uh Thunder Rosa retains her AEW women's world championship against Tony Storm. Probably not my favorite match of the night, but it was still it was still good. Like the, like there's not a like a terrible match on this show at all. Everything was solid to great. Solid to great. Another great match here. Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Championship. Ospreay defending his title, but he doesn't have the title. Physical possession of the title. It's Juice Robinson who is in possession of it. But uh, Ospreay's in-match heel tactics were absolutely brilliant. Putting his hand in Orange Cassidy's pocket, flipping off the crowd. All that was great. Orange Cassidy... Hate him, love him or hate him, delivers in a big time situation when he needs to, and he did it. So he did so here. The pacing was a little slower. They built up to a great finish. It was a chaotic, wild finish, but very, very fun match. I didn't know Cassidy had a moonsault in his arsenal until then. That was cool to see. Hit that tornado DDT off that. The exchange in the beach break was epic. Just the exchanges overall were great. Uh, Cassidy hit, kicked out of the hidden blade, which is that running back elbow by Osprey to the back of the head. But Osprey falls it up with the Stormbreaker to retain the U.S. title that Juice Robinson holds currently. But uh, what was cool was the post match is Shibata shows up from uh, New Japan. He had to retire a few years ago. I think, it, if I remember correctly, it was due to a brain injury. And. Uh, yeah, they had to like remove his brain apparently and then put it back in. But nonetheless, he he's here. Shows up, takes out the other United Empire imp- members that were standing at ringside with uh, Will Osprey. Shibata hits a pump kick on Osprey. Elbows in the corner, low drop kick to Osprey. 
And then Osprey gets pulled out of the ring, pulled out after a rear naked choke attempt by Shibata. And then Shibata gets Orange Cassidy's sunglasses. He puts them on. Osprey, Osprey, but Cassidy puts them on. Shibata, great moment, fun moment, memeable moment, of course. And uh, great match. Cassidy delivers another another time on a big stage. He's had great matches with Pac. He's had great matches with Kenny Omega. Now he's had a great match with Will Ospreay once again. And I don't know if the moment's going to surpass this one from this night. Zack Sabre Jr. versus the mystery man of Brian Danielson's choosing, the new member of the Blackpool Combat Club. And the uh, predictions were true. Claudio Castagnoli is the, was the mystery man, the man no, formerly known as Cesaro. And they delivered on the surprise because the pop was enormous. Enormous. The United Center erupted when Castagnoli showed up. And uh, so, then uh, Claudio went off early. European uppercut. Running European uppercut to Zack Sabre Jr., who's one of the best technicians in the world. Followed up by a neutralizer for a near fall. And Claudio's just wrecking, laying wreckage early. Um, he deadlifted Sabre at one point. Walked him up the steps to power him back into the ring. This is a technical masterclass here. Great match. Great, great match. Zack Sabre can tie anyone and everyone into knots. And uh, they teased the swing multiple times. Did it briefly. Because, uh, but Saber had been working the shoulder of Cesaro, so he couldn't do it up until late in the match. And, uh, he did it for a short time, though. And then Cesaro hits the Ricola bomb, bomb to win it. And Saber Jr., I put this in my notes, is awesome. He's awesome. Uh, now Blackpool Combat Club is absolutely stacked. Best faction in AEW, not even freaking close right now. Not, nobody's even close to this level because they got Wheeler Yuta, who's an up-and-comer, Regal, William Regal, Claudio Casignoli now, John, uh, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley. And I love seeing Claudio wrestle again. It was great. He's always been an underrated performer, always super underutilized by WWE, Didn't ever, was never utilized to his maximum potential in WWE. They just saw him at this certain level, and he was never going to get past that level. That's the case with a lot of guys in WWE these days who end up flourishing elsewhere. But this is not about that. This is about a great moment, great match, and uh, yeah. At this point, I said the women's title match was the worst match, but that was not a bad thing because everything on this show was pretty high level. Following that was the IWGP World Championship Fatal 4-Way match between Adam Cole, Hangman Adam Page, Kazuchika Okada, and Jay White, the current reigning defending IWGP World Champion, accompanied by Gato. And Adam Cole in this match hit a beautiful super kick, as usual. Mid-moonsault for Hangman Adam Page. Man, his timing on that is absolutely perfect. This match was really, really good. Really, really good because they kept teasing the Rainmaker throughout it until the last two minutes, which apparently it must have it had to do with Cole being injured. Unfortunately, yeah, he's been working through a labrum injury, as I if I think I read if I read that correct if I read it correct, and so yeah, because I think he was supposed to eat the 
sounded like he was supposed to eat the Rainmaker, and then then uh, Sling Blade JY was supposed to hit the uh, Sling Blade. Switchblade JY. No, why did I say Sling Blade? Switchblade JY hit the blade, was supposed to hit the Blade Runner on Okada and pin Cole or something. Anyway, they Cole ducks the, or just collapses after the Rainmaker attempt, and then Cole gets pinned afterward. JY pins him, and then Cole tries to get his arm up at the end, which, I don't know, something was off there. It was kind of, a, it was a very, very odd finish. They kind of had fans shrugging their shoulders. What the heck happened? But then the trainers and the the AW trainers came out. The trainers and uh, they helped Cole out. Cole walked on his own. He was able to walk out on his own, but still they had to go check on him as well. But I still thought it was a really good match. Just didn't quite get to that level. The last two minutes were just, it just felt something was off because you could tell Cole was kind of moving in slow motion at that point. But... Either way, it was still a pretty good match, just marred by a little bit of an odd finish. A very off finish. Up next, the main event. Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, the ace of New Japan, taking on John Moxley for the interim AEW World Championship. And Mox is bleeding bad. I didn't think it was necessary during this, but whatever. Mox bleeds. It's cool with me. Uh... This was a pretty good and proper main event. I thought it was pretty good. Tanahashi, Moxley delivered here. Even though it was supposed to be Punk and Tanahashi, Moxley and Tanahashi was really good. Was really, really good. And Moxley, man, you can go to him in any situation and he will deliver the goods. He is their Mariano Rivera. Yeah, I just threw that out. He is their Mariano Rivera. He is their closer. He is the guy you go to when you need someone late. When you need someone in the big match. You go to John Moxley because he always will deliver something special. And he did here too as well. Tanahashi for damn sure held his end of the bargain. And uh, they delivered a great match. And Moxley wins after hitting the Death Rider DDT. The elevated paradigm shift where he lifts him up and drops him straight on his head. Mox is now the interim champ, so now he's a two-time AEW world champion. Uh, Tana and Mox exchange some nice words post-match. Jericho and Garcia attack Tanahashi and Mox from behind. Then Claudio eventually shows up. The crowd wasn't reacting initially to this at all until Claudio showed up. Maybe the crowd, somebody, I think Real Talk Wrestling on Twitter mentioned to me that they may have been waiting for someone else. It may seem like they were waiting for someone else to show up, and they didn't. This is all to build up blood and guts next week. I didn't think it was necessary because they had the big brawl last week on AEW that didn't really work out that well either because it went overly long. Anyway, this is building up to blood and guts this week, so Claudio is going to be in that match, Claudio Casagnoli. After the show, interestingly, because uh, Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston and Claudio... Don't get along too well, typically. And then Eddie, well, in parentheses, Eddie gets mad at Moxley for letting him join the Blackpool Combat Club. He's angry and everything. Throws a fit and walks out. But uh, still, this ma- this show, this show is going to be on the upper tier of AEW shows of all time. AEW New Japan co-branded show, Forbidden Door. Great show, great, great show. Not quite on the level as uh, AEW All Out 2021. 
It's going to be hard to ever touch that. From an in-ring standpoint, this almost reaches that level. Level may It may have been better, but the storytelling element and such, and the moments created, I think AEW All Out has that, AEW All Out 2021 has them beat there with the moments. Because the build to this wasn't all that great. That was the issue with this show coming in. There was a lack of build for a lot of these matches. I get it. I thought maybe they could hold off for maybe a couple months before doing this show, or a month at least, a month more, so the injury list would be a little bit smaller. But no, they still delivered a great, great show. Professional wrestling standpoint, this was a fantastic show. Fan-freaking-tastic show. Can't say nothing more. Just AEW moving forward. I hope to see these shows. Can I hope these shows last forever? These AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, co-promoted shows, because this one was great. This one was great. It's gonna be hard to follow up next year. Hopefully, they can do a little more storytelling going into next year's show, because this one was. It was not. There was not a long. Uh, it was not a long process because it was what maybe a few months before they announced it, and then it was like, oh, okay, we're doing the show now. So it was only like, what, four or five months maybe planning ahead of time for this show. So maybe with a little more planning and stuff, they'll be able to create these storylines and get more exposure on TV to some of these New Japan wrestlers so the American audiences get a, can get a little bit more familiar with them. We're not all familiar with them. They they do target the hardcore fan, AEW, this AEW does typically, but... Not everybody that is an AEW fan is a hardcore fan, so they don't know all these things about the New Japan wrestlers. So maybe doing a little backstory, some video packages, maybe having a couple more matches will help the show because the storytelling standpoint, it wasn't the greatest, but the in-ring product was absolutely fantastic. Just a little minor blips in the show with the Cole, with the Fatal 4-Way IWGP world title match and the AEW Women's World Championship match. But other than that, man, this is a great show. Great show. Please, please, please go check it out. Buy the uh, buy the pay-per-view. Buy it. Check it out. Rewatch it. Do whatever. But make sure to watch AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door because it, it was a hell of a show. Fun show. Can't say nothing more. Can't say anything more for it. But, uh, but yeah. That's all I've got to say about AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door. What were your thoughts on it? Make sure to tweet at me at SigDaddyWrestle to give me your thoughts on AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling's uh, first ever pay-per-view together. If you like this episode, make sure to check out the other episodes of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the IR Radio app, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. And if you would like to... if you would like to leave a review, make sure to leave one on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like the show, make sure to give it five, 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 five stars. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. Looking forward to next episode of the show, covering TNA Slammiversary 2006 with J.O. He'll be back on the show for next episode. Until next time, though, this is Skylar Sigdaddy Sigmund signing off saying thank you for listening. And so long, everybody.